So this is the 2nd of November, and this is the second week of talking about curiosity and obsession. So how do we be curious and willing to observe our thoughts and feelings when things don't work, whether it's we lose something or our body stops not working and we, or I should say, starts not working or stops working and we have pain in doing ordinary things like standing or sitting or walking or moving or any of the other various ways that our thoughts about the universe or about any particular aspects of it lead us off into what Joko in this chapter calls loops and how the loops loop the loop and they keep on going. Some of you might remember when if you played with a uh, yo-yo and you did loop-de-loop. I don't know if anyone else did that. Maybe it wasn't a Midwestern thing, but in New York we used to play with yo-yos and we did loop-de-loops. But we could do loop-de-loops with our thoughts and feelings and entangle ourselves in all sorts of ways. So, so last week we talked a little bit about the... um, beginning of it, and I encourage you to look at it further, and now we can extend it to the loops that Joko talks about in the questions and answers, where she specifically addresses the various um, ways that we construe and misconstrue reality. So, I'll stop here, but losing things and getting depressed and upset about it and trying to make ourselves feel better about it um, and she says that specifically on the top of page 198 um, about feeling depressed about something and getting doing some sort of creative way to get away from that feelings when we substitute something better. Um, And she talks, how do we practice with that? Even what's hard to be with. How do we stay present with what's hard to feel and do what's appropriate? Whether it's calling up and speaking to whoever about it, or doing other things. So let's see what you all have discovered about your loops and how to practice with them. Well, it's interesting how I don't like those feelings that I have about losing <laughs> losing stuff. I mean, I want to get away from those feelings, and yet I know that I should probably be more... Uh, in touch with that, regardless of what what happens in, 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 in after that. I mean, that's not the point. Yeah. But. You don't even have to be more in touch. You could be exactly as in touch as you are. Just simply notice or label the thoughts and feel how it feels. 
as much as it doesn't even feel comfortable when it doesn't feel comfortable. There's not a better way. It's just invest, as Joko says, investigating even feeling down or depressed and being the bodily sensations and thoughts that feed that. She says that very specifically because that happens to all of us, whether it's we lose something or, you know, we injure ourselves or we, we're sick or someone else or something happens in the universe, That's whether it's close or far, whether it's people we know or people we don't know. It's the noticing, observing on one hand and the experiencing that's what's important. See, it's so. I hope that they call you back tomorrow, or you call them back, and they tell you, "Yes, we have it." Wonderful. Yeah, but, well, I, I called them, and you know, but I there was nobody. It was already yeah, yeah. closed. But, it was but, after but, five. Closed, but, but, but now you've got a whole day, a whole evening and morning until you can speak to them that you can get to practice with all the ways that you want to think it out. Yeah. And then you do what you can tomorrow. You could even go back and look around. It might be hidden. Well, I went where I knew where it should have been, but it wasn't there because <laughs> I, I think somebody picked it up. There were a couple of guys that were running yeah. around in a golf cart. But the trees have to be cut down, so they might have picked it up. Yeah, and one of them might decide it's this is the perfect <laughs> or whatever, and we could make all sorts of imaginations. And you can go back tomorrow and look for those guys and ask them. But it's between now and then, whatever then is, whatever there is to do, it's to notice the we'll call them loops here, lotus, the thoughts, attachments, reactions, and the being present, which doesn't take away from doing anything else. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what our practice is. It's not some theory, it's in the reality of the way we live and the way the universe is, which is ongoing cause and effect completely out of our hands for the most part uh, except when we when we have the putter in our hand or when we put it down but the rest of the time it's out of our hands literally so what do we do with the universe that's out of our hands and yet it's completely ours in the experiencing and in the noticing in the noticing and experiencing and making skillful effort as opposed to entangling um, efforts. And skillful efforts is just being with those feelings that I'd rather... Yes. Yes. Discovering and experiencing it. Discovering the thoughts, the feelings, and being the bodily experiencing of the present moment. Uh, the next question.
question and answer I could relate to somewhat. Uh-huh. Is, can investigation itself be an obsessive loop? Uh-huh. Um, that's an interesting question, but I thought her answer was good. Yes. Um, it's one thing to simply observe, etc. Um, you know, if we're trying to track it down like a detective and covering a crime, that's still a loop. See, that's kind of... Um, you know, a, a tendency that I have, an analytical kind of tendency that I've, that served me well in my job and the kind of work I do. But when it comes to being present and noticing, you know, the thought loops and the, um, the sensation of holding on, it doesn't get you very far. Well, if we take it a step further, really what it's about, it's, does it, lead to liberation from suffering or does it perpetuate suffering and harming and that's the criteria that's important the criteria that's important is is what we're doing skillful or is it perpetuation of harming of attachment of reactiveness on the next page, um, the top, it kind of goes, she kind of gives the, the flip side of that. When someone asks her, you know, don't, isn't, sometimes isn't it required that we have analytical thinking yeah. and et cetera? She says, well, of course. But it's when it becomes obsessive and self-centered. Yeah. And it becomes attached to emotion and guided by feelings, then it gets us into trouble. Yeah, I would hope that we had good analytical thinking. Otherwise, I don't want to go to a doctor who can't do that, or yeah, go to a mechanic. Yeah, golf club. <laughs> or go to a mechanic who can't do that. Otherwise, I'm not going to get anything fixed. <laughs> or a mechanic help. couldn't fix it. <laughs> we. It, I think. I think we know the difference between. I mean, I think I can notice the difference, definitely notice the difference between thinking something out, say, for my work or whatever, and uh-huh. and the kinds of obsessive uh-huh. loops that I get into about, because usually they're just on different, totally different topics. I mean, um, obs- I don't. I don't know. I, and, and yeah, and they and they don't really they don't serve any purpose. I mean, even in work, I could I could start to obsess about a certain I don't know task or something like that, um, and that would be that wouldn't really work very well, as opposed to just thinking through what it is that needs to be done or that I need to do. So it's just it's just a different thing, it seems to me. Yeah, I think it's different when it becomes attached to for itself. How's this going to affect me, or am I going to look bad unless I, or I, I don't like doing this, or what do they think about me when I do that? Then it becomes a self-centered loop. Yeah. you could you say a little bit more about, uh, I have an ulterior motive, I, I admit, but could you say a little <laughs> bit more about the, that phrase, put no head above your own? I'd just like to hear more about that. Well, why don't, 
why don't you uh, uh, articulate your old, uh, ulter- ulterior motive, and then that way we could I could address that more directly. Well, I mean, I'm just writing a drosh right now. I don't think anybody else is interested in that. But it seems to me that it's uh, if people are familiar, it's the story of Jacob and Esau, and I think that there's a common theme there about you know putting no head above your own. I just used it in context of something else the other day because that's what came into my mind when I was thinking about what happens there. Uh huh. Well, so I just, you know, I just like to hear more about it right now. Okay. And that was my ulterior motive because she's mentioning it right there on right. page one ninety nine. Well, what, what, in a way, the head on top of our own head is the thinking loops or the emotive reactive loops that in take us away from where our head body functioning is right now because they take us off into the story and the reactions and the suppositions and the attachment to thinking it this way and that way, as opposed to being ourself, as our life is this moment. So that's what this, not putting a head on top of our own. In other words, thinking I, I'm a... a, a you know, this won't look good if, if I say this, this won't be nice if I think this, I shouldn't have to put up with so-and-so saying these things. All those are heads on top of our own. As but who, who's head? What? Who's head? Our own. Our head doesn't mean our thinking. Our head means our whole being. So... Putting a head on top of our own is the thinking, emotive, reactive habits that we place over the present moment functioning of our life. So it's not about like an authority figure or... Well, you said it's like what somebody else would think and things like it, that. It could, it? it could be that way, but it's, it, it's more about what we put on ourselves rather than being where we are we we start having these ideas about what I should be or what I shouldn't be or how someone else should be or shouldn't be if I simplify it. It's not necess- It doesn't require another person for us to put a head on top of our own head. That you know, it can be. It could be thinking, well, I want to look good for him or I want to look good for her or I should follow her because she's the boss. It could be that, but that isn't necessarily what it's referring to. So, if we remember, where of course we're translating, um, Rinzai was in, or Linji to be accurate, it was Chinese, um, and using a phrase in Chinese which is different than uh, um, how it is um, in English, so it that might not have the connotations and the denotations that a head on top of our own head has for us. So therefore, I'm saying it's really not about some other uh, authority or anything like that, except it is in the sense that we allow all sorts of, um, let us say, authorities, whether external or in- internalized, um, 
ways of being and ways of thinking interfering with our present moment functioning, responding. So that's what that Rinzai is about. Okay, thank you. Good. You're welcome. See, it's... There's all sorts of... I mean, she's using the term loops. So we don't have to use that term, but she's making that point of that there are all sorts of ways that we build uh, what do you want to call it um, I, stories and ideas one on top of another and feelings that follow up on each other about how things are supposed to be and we have of course resulting emotional states, whether depression or sadness or, or other kinds. Some of them could be very seemingly positive until something happens to burst those bubbles. Um, all sorts of obsessive thoughts and emotions that create problems because they have power over us and they, in a sense, blind us. That's the whole point is that what it is it that blinds us from being this moment or being this moment joyousness that is our life? What enchants us, to use a different kind of word, by creating stories that about what he did to me and what she's going to do to me and what I have to prevent and it's not fair. That's what... Those are heads that we're putting on top of our own. So that's like creating some sort of standard or or uh, some kind of level of, of uh, uh, I don't know, like law or something like that. Or, you know, like... <clears throat> For instance, l l let me address... It could be like we get particularly upset with ourselves because I'm not supposed to ever lose things. I'm supposed to be able to keep track of everything. How could I be so stupid to lose things? Or, you know, if we, that already becomes another head that we put on top of ourselves. And in addition to not having whatever we want, we have this additional judgment and uh, self-berating and self-putting down and even beating ourselves up about having made such a mistake that I should be beyond making such mistakes. See, if we can't make mistakes, then we really can't practice because in some ways we could say our life is mistake after mistake and being able to be and embrace mistakes when the mistakes occur. Except if we have an idea that we're supposed to know perfectly everything that's going to be and will be and what others are going to do, so I never make a, quote, mistake. All a mistake is, is that a, we took something to be other than what it is. So we don't always know what things are. You know, how could I make such a mistake to invite so-and-so or to not to respond to so-and-so fast enough? I know better. I should have... And you could go on from there. 
Well, you know, there's the external version of that. Um, you know, Shoujo could be noticed that his putter was missing and see these two guys say, oh, I bet one of those guys stole my putter. I hate people to do that. <laughs> suspicious to me anyway. Boy, I'm going to get them. As opposed to beating ourselves up. Yes. On page 200, uh, the second part of Fajoko, yeah. in itself there's nothing in life that's good or bad. What is is simply what is. And then she goes on and on. But what I thought was really interesting about this paragraph is that she talks further down. If we set aside or pushed away the depression and try to replace it with, say, going to a party, we haven't investigated and understood the depression Going to a party may cover up the depression for a while, but it will come back. Covering our feelings and thoughts is just another kind of loop. And I think this is important. I mean, uh, not just about depression, anger, disappointment, anything like that. I think, you know, what she's saying here is um, it's not about just creating another better thought. Yeah. Or, you, know, uh, you know, and I think and I think this is a uh, this is very important. Um and for me, at least, it's very easy sometimes. I, you know, I, I, I kind of want to skip past the feeling, you know, the experiencing of it, and just kind of uh, think myself through something. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just before where you stopped. Um, when we feel depressed, we need simply to observe our sensations and label our thoughts. Or we could say label the, the thoughts, emotion that we're calling depression, and be the sensations, the bodily sensations of the present moment, rather than trying to get rid of them, or, or thinking there's something the matter that I have them. And um, that's the point she's trying to make there. It doesn't mean you have to hold on to them, nor does it mean that they need to stay. But when they're there, they're there, and when they're gone, they're gone. And you could take any sort of medication and anything else that, quote, helps. That doesn't take away either. That's not a problem. So you could feel depressed and say, well, if I go to the pool and go swimming, usually when, after I swim, that, that depression's gone. Wonderful. And on the way to the pool, when the depressive thoughts come up, notice thoughts, feelings, and be bodily present, and as you jump into the water, stay bodily present, and you know, be the swimming, and then when you're done, see what and how is, whether it is or isn't it's different, same, so forth. Yeah, I think, you know, the, well, for me, the problem comes in when it's not something like swimming, but it's like, say, having a drink. Well, <laughs> Yes, so we have to know what is skillful and what causes more harm. Exactly. Of so, course, you know, I was kind of making a joke, but, I mean, but, but not. I mean, I'm yeah. well familiar with that kind of thing, and it's just, you know, there's certain things that, whether it's ice cream or whatever it is, it's like sometimes rather than noticing, gosh, I'm having, I'm ha you know, I'm feeling really sad about this or whatever, and just noticing that, I, you know, I mean, that's, that's not comfortable. 
gee, my mind tends to immediately skip forward to, like, you know, something that could make me happy <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, if I had this, then I would feel better. But it's not even really, a lot of times it, it's not necessarily a conscious, well, it is now, but, I mean, more so. In the past, it would have been just a, just a reaching without thinking kind of thing, but... But now there is like a pause, but still it's a, it's a, it's difficult for me anyway to, to stay with something and actually just sit there and recognize what is going on um, without trying to go for something that may not really be uh, productive or useful or skillful. Whether it's snapping at somebody or, or having the ice cream or whatever it might be, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a real, it's such a skill to be able to, uh, to, to just stay where I am and say, hmm, this is, you know, this is really feels bad. And then just stay with that and notice all the tension in the body and everything else. Um, and then just let it naturally pass without trying to fix it in some way that may not really help at all. Anyone else have I want um, go ahead. I, no, I'm sorry, was somebody else wanting to talk? I've already talked. That was you. Was you? Oh, um just um I you know I think a little bit but you know, so, something that she talks about here uh, and maybe you said the same thing. I mean, she uses the word curiosity. You talked about being, being recognizing that, you know, in order to practice, we have to make this. We, so mistakes are important to practice, in a sense. But I, I do think there's something about that this doesn't end. What doesn't end? I'm sorry? What doesn't end? The need to continue to be curious. Uh-huh. To, you know, uh, for example, I'll just give you very, uh, something very specific. Um, I've been going through some old files and I came across, um, some old Zen stuff, uh, from classes you taught a long time ago, like well over a decade ago, and, and some readings when, when I used to go out to San Diego and some of the things we used to do here when we did reading practice. You know, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, wow, you know, I must have read, said, you know, gone over this stuff thousands of times, right? You know, what is, why is it just not sinking in? <laughs> what about the 10,000 hours? Yeah, I spent like 10,000 hours. Notice that there's an assumption that this is not sinking in because I still find myself caught up. That's the, the uh, what should I say, the false idea that it hasn't sunk in. It, it's sunk in it to the extent that it has. 
And it has to the extent that we practice, but it doesn't mean we ever get done in terms of our life. It's just we uncover more opportunities and the person who was so-called 10 years ago is not the person who is now. And that if we think, oh, I'm going to get to a point when I'm all done with this, well, as long as we're alive, there's going to be opportunities. In fact, as we get older, we'll discover all sorts of new opportunities, whether as our body falls apart or as those that we're with start having these difficulties and our mind starts slipping in ways and all sorts of other things. This is our life opportunity. As Joko says, um, whether we call it depression or something else, whether it's good news or so-called bad news or so-called difficulty, all of this is underlying, underlain, under joy underlies all of this. I don't know how, what the, uh, the word construction is the other way, but whether we call it elation or depression, it's all a matter of joy, and you, your life keeps offering you opportunities to see and work with, if I say it in such a way, the places where there is something that we stick to. It doesn't mean places to stick to end, because as long as we're alive, there are opportunities, and opportunities are just what our life is. But it's the maturing that occurs without us particularly trying for it or looking for it, it occurs in the process of our natural natural practicing. So, I've been practicing sitting since, I don't know when, 71, seven, so whenever that is, and, you know, I still, there's places where all sorts of practice is needed because life keeps serving up. And of course, as we age, as I said, it serves up other things that we never thought we'd have to deal with. Um, So, wonderful. That's the opportunity to be joyous. That's the opportunity to be joyous in the midst of what we would say looks like it's difficult, looks like it's what I don't want, looks like, etc., etc. And that's our opportunity to serve the circumstances and those that we're with. If we add some sort of idea that I should be finished with this, well, that's another idea we get in trouble with. It seems like it's, it's it's sort of like cutting the grass, you know. You think once you cut it, well, that should be it. That you know, it shouldn't be growing after after cutting it. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, what should I say? Evolutionarily wise, if you were satisfied eating once and never would need to be to eat again, well, 
evolution wouldn't uh, succeed in what it's doing. Nature wouldn't succeed in what it's doing. So, you know, it's moment, 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 moment. But it seems like related to this on 199, where the one student says, sometimes thinking about practices of loop, I may develop a fantasy of how wonderful my life will be if I'm always aware of my thoughts and feelings. So it's kind of, it seems related to that. You know, like, well, there'll be some point where I'm just constantly aware and I won't have to deal with anything bad anymore, (laughs) uncomfortable anymore, because it's going to be wonderful. And and, um, and it also reminds me of um, Thich Nhat Hanh says that when he was a young monk, he used to want, he used to think that that too that at some point it would kind of be over, and and um, he was like surprised to find out that to realize that the Buddha still practiced, still sat, and still practiced even you know his whole life, and um, he realized that he had naively thought that you know there there'll be a certain point and then you're done or something. So, and that nobody's done. Like the Buddha wasn't done either. Yeah. So, even though we're not done, unless someone has more to say on this chapter, we could be done with this chapter. But I want to bring up two things. One is, Next week, we're obviously not going to have a class because we'll be in session. The week after that, we will have a class, the 16th. And then the week after that is Thanksgiving. We won't have a class Thanksgiving, and then we'll resume again the 30th um, and go from there for a few more weeks before we end for the year. So I, I just... Uh, Mentioning that, and the next one will be the chapter transformation on page 202, but that won't be for two weeks. So, anything, any other comments from, about this chapter, about these loops? And now, if you don't find the term loops useful, that's fine. Find what's helps you and enables you to notice when that is happening, when the, if you want to use the word entanglements, or when the emotion, thought, sidetracks, or whatever word is useful for you that enables you to notice what's happening. That's what's important, because it there's opportunities throughout our day, some of them small and seemingly insignificant, and some of them of, that are more major. At some point during those, it's important for us to begin noticing whether it's right away or after five seconds or after five minutes or to notice where we're caught up and what practice effort is required there. Any other comments? Well, at the risk of sounding like the loop of a broken record, um, I encourage everyone to come to session. Okay. And even if you can't make session, if you could make a piece of session, please do.
So, well, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.